day of the solstice, we are back. And unbelievably, we finished the book. We weren't sure we were going to do that this time around, however we did. And look, is 22 episodes too much? Probably. Do we need to look at it in a different way and how we do it and why we do it? Yeah, maybe. However, I think it's another lesson again of it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. The journey of Earth's Forbidden Secrets has been a very interesting one and one that myself and Angus are reflecting on. Uh, And maybe we'll do an episode, maybe we won't. Quite obviously, this is the longest break I've ever had. And I literally took an actual break from the show. I took a break from from all aspects to do with it. Well, not the research. The research never stops. I can't help myself. However, as far as anything to do with unlocking the code, I did take a step back. And I learned many things. And there's a lot of stuff that I want to say. However, I'm, I'm working on a, a solo cast that I'm going to do probably in the next week or so to unpack some of that stuff because there's been a lot of lessons learned and, and things to reflect upon. I said it at the start of this episode, but I'll say it again. Thank you very much to all of those who reached out to me. The fact that you took the time out of your day to check in and see if, was, if I was okay and, and what the show was doing... I can't express how much that means to me, so thank you very much for that. This will be the third coming of the podcast, and what that holds, I'm not sure right now. However, for the moment, kick back, and let's dive into the last chapters of Earth's Forbidden Secrets. Not sure what you're about to hear. Part of me wants to go old school, like real old school, However, I'll see how I feel when I stitch it together. I hope all is well in these times of chaos, in these prophetic times, in these uncertain times. Thank you very much for tuning in. Love to you all. We'll talk soon. Cheers. Suffocate with suffocated, they be making all bubble. Subtle is the cuddle of the snake that squeezes. Hate to see this matrix seizes. Maybe we just need to pull the plug. Drain the system, poison out of body. You been probably overdosing most of your life and never noticed. Over loaded, rub the cups and come and toast. And no one's up and no emotion. All engulfed in this dimension here. We work all day and is there always a thinking crystal clear? Everything we do revolves around the dollar count. It's all around us, all the ground will fall down and knocks you out. Get off the couch, it's all think out the top. Spouses got your pops and call the council. Got no answers, evolving out in small amounts. It's all we have is all planned out for our defeat. Water down the modern man and bottle love. So we have no intuition of a vision that it's all corrupt. Ooh, I know we met our vision, if I'll be always been forgotten. We're sick of our thoughts and living in box and now let's go. Find all of those outreaches, forgotten the beaches to walk on the tree out tomorrow. All pieces of part of us go. Find out it's been making you take, but didn't face it with criticism. Awaken your inner vision. Slow right down, you better leave your belongings. You'll start receiving your colleagues and be unleashing from bondages.
means I'm out, a way to get out. Find us a losing life, illusion. Portrayed every day in our face, we do what they say. They use us away, pollution can take, conducive our brains. We choose to escape, to do what they make. You wear it on your face, I can see the burden on your shoulders heavy. And it's getting unrelenting, you're fouling from how hard the world strains you. And stress is depressed, it's fast, it's just a system that's a hope that puts you in scenarios you never chose. It's not your fault that every known element in your life is in control. Everything but not your soul, so this can be some therapy, some psychedelic clarity. Don't fight between polarities, go where it will not go. Slide between the barricades, it's nice to be aware of things, it's kinda like some kerosene, lighten up the world. It's a poisonous system, you didn't invent this prison, so who'd you be when it's all out? Everything you think needs to go now, defeat the people that hold down, you from beating you blow out, your brain cloud, become new and escape now, take route 86, escape now, gotta lay down, everything you learned, everything you know, everything they ever told you, been the poison from your soul. Bringing it out, bringing it out, it is about a way to get out, our minds are polluted, find a solution, life illusion, pertain everything in our base, we do they say, the use is a way, pollution can take, and do to our brains, we choose to escape, do what they make, do what they make. People beyond waking up to the people we need to be. 2004. Beat by Cumulus. Well, it's a shocking eruption of great electrical energy. I feel. I feel. Connected to all living things, to flower, to some special spirit, and even to some great unseen living force. Living force. Uh, get everyone welcome back, uh, mate. We are back. Sorry about the. No, I'm not really sorry about the hiatus. I had to take the hiatus. The hiatus uh, is the hiatus, man. Yeah, I had to take the hiatus. And look, there's a larger episode that I'm working on in the background where I'm. Not not to explain myself, but just the things that I've learned since I've been away, because it was a deep reflection, and uh, I've learned a lot. However, I really wanted to take just the first minute or so of this episode to say thank you to everybody who reached out to me over the last few months uh, and touched base and basically sent the love to UTC and, and wondering where we are and what we're doing, and, and that was really humbling, and I really and truly appreciate it uh so thank you very much to all those out there and the downloads haven't stopped man it's been crazy i i, in love. I didn't accept i didn't expect the downloads to stay pretty steady you were but, saying the other night they just kept chugging along yeah they stayed pretty steady man so that's awesome and thank you very much to all the new listeners and and those as i say those 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 listeners that reached out I, that really i really felt that and i'm i'm really thankful and thank you very much however we're back <clears throat> that being said we're back and I just played Angus the – so I sat down with Anthony from Encounters Down Under as we recorded this a few nights ago. He actually dragged me back onto the mic. I said, man, you don't really – he goes – I said, you don't realize what you've done, have you? I said, I haven't been on the mic in a professional sense for months, right? But he dragged me back on. And I just played the five-minute video that he played me. And it's basically the new UAP whistleblower, David Grosh, what are your thoughts, man? I told you because I said, hold your thoughts. All right. All right. So goes like this. Now, goes I, a little I, something I told you this one before, but I'll repeat it for everyone out there. This is possibly the best well-thought psyop that's happened for quite a while. Or this is it. Yeah. Now... 
I sort of gave you the the rundown as of my thoughts on if if this is it. To me, it kind of there's elements there that make sense. Mm. So, um, the drip feed through like Joe Rogan, other and other presenters, mm. Jeremy Corbell, the Jacques Fillet, the was it Matthew Fox, James Fox, James Fox, phenomenon, phenomenon, and, uh, moment of contact, and I did watch moment of contact, and it's awesome. Pay the money, give him the, give him his money. It's well worth it. It is good. Um, very long, and you do need to read and subtitles. Be prepared. Yes, there's a lot of subtitles. Yeah. So yeah, However, that one, amazing, that amazing, was heavy. amazing, like, amazing. In Virginia, in Brazil, in '96, aliens crash landed and they and they caught them right. And 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 you say disclosure. Yeah. Is, is this it? Or I mean, you take Bob Lazar, you take Corbell, you take Nap, you take, you know what I mean. Or is it still, is it a massive sigh? What are they doing? Well, this is what I said. This is what I mean by it's very well thought out. Mm -hmm. They've had this in the works for a long time, right? And they've been holding off. And I mean, what better time for a sigh than... Yeah, there's a little bit going on. Then when there's a bit going on in the world and there's been the most talk about some kind of possible third world and conflict between China and conflict between the US and Russia and all of this. It's the perfect it's time. It's a very for good time. It's a perfect time. Well for not only distraction, but I think they're creating reasonable doubt. So from what we saw in that video, we've got a whistleblower who's telling a second hand account of mm. what's going down behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was part of the UAP task force that was investigating the phenomena. Yeah. And he's saying that they were held back from crash retrieval programs and, yeah, nuts and bolts stuff. So, did he, so is he legit? Well, he's legit either way, or he's, he's legit either way. He's, but is he he's legit. Or is he told? Is well, he scripted? Is well, he told this is the release? Look, my bu <laughs> my bullshit meter didn't really go off. But is that because it's just really well done? Yes, that's right. Is it a well scripted? Yes. Yeah. A well learnt, you know, obviously it's it's coming across very naturally. Yeah. From this guy. Yeah. There's a little bit of like and see, Ross Coulthard's got a bit of kudos as well. He's been investigating the phenomena for a long time, and he's an Aussie bloke, so we've got to give him – he gets an extra point for that. Uh, however, I don't know whether Ross would have someone that was a dodgy person as well. I mean, this is the thing. You've got to look at it. Um, well, they say in the thing about the amount of checks that they've done yeah. in terms of like his backstory all checks out, but that's what I mean. Is it really well thought out? Is it, has this been on the back burner for quite a while, waiting yeah. for the right time? And they've been prepped well, for 40, 50 years. Uh, hang on. So I can I can give you a bit of backstory because I do listen to Where Did the Road Go? Um, good podcast. I can't remember. The, the dude's got an interesting name. Soraya. Soraya, that's him. And he basically, he's like, oh, we have to do this, but it's disclosure again. Like he he's, he's fully... Not yeah. that it's a psyop, but he's sort of taken the piss out of it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that's why I listen to him because he's deep in the rabbit hole as well. But he's more in the 
he's like, you start out nuts and bolts, then it moves to angels, demons, and Skinwalker Ranch, and all sorts of weird paranormal interdimensional stuff, which yeah. we've spoken about in the past. Um, and he doesn't really like Corbell. You know, he's he's the other side of the coin. And he said that they offered the story, that dude's story, to the Washington Post, the New York Times, like all the big ones, and they didn't take it. Um, and it ended up on News Nation, and it was behind a paywall. I still haven't seen the full interview. It happened as we record this. It happened a couple of days ago. Um, I know, I know, I know. Our brother Anthony from Encounters Down Under. He's as soon as the link becomes available, and it's a decent, decent, uh, decent copy or decent take of the interview, he'll let us know. Yeah. Because um, that was just a five-minute excerpt sort of thing. However, apparently they've been trying to get this information out as soon as possible. And it's like Jacques Vallée is releasing another book. Like they sort of went through, it's like a coincidence that this is happening and that's happening. And is it just to drum up publicity again? Because this is the same stuff we'd heard over and over again. I mean, it does, and it is, it reflects Bob Lazar's story. It reflects some of the stuff, but is it confirmation? Is this stuff coming out? So there is a, there has, they've been trying to get it out for the last five weeks. Apparently they've been like, that's so, I don't know. Is there a timing issue there that needed to be done? So like that does that lends to the point. It's like, is it just a psyop? Is it you know what I mean? Like there's a few questions there. Uh, and I I'm not real sure. Well, mate, I think I think it's like everything. You gotta come in with very low expectations. And Man, then if you yeah. if anything comes of it, then you're pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you, you know, know what I mean? But it's it, it, when you look at it like that, and we just played that video before we turned the mics on. It's nothing we haven't heard before, it, but it's from a different source, yes, right? 100%. And it, and it's more specific wording. And I love the government's wording. We haven't actually found or crashed it. They're very specific. Like you didn't have to be that. I said in in the the show I did with Anthony, you didn't have to be that specific when you spoke about that. Yeah, you know what I mean. And this is what I mean is what I mean by um, providing reasonable doubt. It's it's actually poetic. It was a it was beautiful the way in which he's the sort of confident whistleblower. Yeah, that's I'm putting telling myself it at risk. How it is? I'm we've putting got, myself at risk. Yeah, we've got all of this space sort of stuff. Yeah, many. I I thought I was I thought it was a joke as well. Yeah, and then you've got the the beautiful um, scripted reply from the government being like, oh, no, 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 no. we, we don't, don't have, have any, any evidence of this stuff. We no, 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 no. the plate stuff, you know? So it's like, it, it, it for the same thing it does for us, it provides reasonable doubt to the point where that has to be on these other countries' minds yeah. that are like, well, the other do thing they, that- don't they? So another shout don't out. Know what they've got? Uh, the unexplained rundown. Our and another brother, uh, Grant Levac, and he's our resident UAP governmental expert. Um, and he within the the release that's been in is that there's been a meeting with the Five Eyes, and the Five Eyes is Canada, Australia, UK, America, New Zealand. So that means Australia has been briefed. Yeah. And to date, we've had no response from the Air Force. Well, no. Grant had a response from the Air Force. The Air Force basically said, we don't look into that stuff. This is not the right format or this is not the right department or whatever. You know what I mean? Standard boilerplate. Yep. Thanks, but no thanks. Nothing to see here. 
uh, type response. So, look, the the plot thickens, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's telling the truth. However, no. I wouldn't be surprised if it's bullshit either. You that's, know what I mean? That's exactly what I'm saying. I wouldn't be surprised either way. It's it fits both both things. It's well done. It's it's a beautiful coincidence that this the kind of the same thing that lends it to being a psyop is the same thing that lends it to being true. Yeah. So it's like, whatever, man. I'm I've got my popcorn. Yeah. I'm watching. Yeah, I'm just you watching. You got me. I'm just watching. I want to see where this pans. However, out. for the UTC listeners, see moment of contact. It's it's creepy and excellent all at the same time. Hundred percent. However, we're going to dive back into the book, and do we say we're going to finish it? Is that what we're doing? No. No. <laughs> We're gonna have good hard crack. We're gonna we're gonna have a crack at it. But I'm not gonna promise anything. No promises at all. No promises. No mistakes. Uh, okay, so I'll crack on. We we were talking about the biblical code when we finished off uh, last time, uh, and we started. You want me to go first, just because you're finishing off your dart? No, I'm good, man. You're good. I'm good. I'm, I'm I'm feeling the I'm feeling the vibe. Will you fucking head back in, mate? You got it in three, two, one. This is divine codes. Brought to you by Triff Dog. Any search for the key that may break the Bible code, the ark in which it was hidden, and the enigmatic no, obelisk just keep pushing. that was mentioned by the code, code, geez, Rusty, Drosnan discovered another truly enigmatic message that said steel vehicle, which was crossed by his vehicle he threw into the sea, which was somewhat bizarre statement to find in the Bible code. Drosnan was stunned by these results and further investigation of the code in search of its key produced even more cryptic results. Garden of Lisan was found, Lisan, Larson, and then I will place the language gene was crossed by I will make intelligent. Bum, bum, bum. Now thoroughly perplexed, he continued soon discovering all in one area code key. His tablet vitalized the obelisk and the origin of it. This is the area of the engraved letters hidden which was crossed by birth pangs of language. That's all very cryptic and interesting, isn't it? Drosnan's discovery of these cryptic references kept continuing. In Lisan, DNA in the language of DNA was crossed by a copy of everything was brought. In Lisan, DNA was crossed by Masra seeded and DNA code was crossed by on obelisk and in Adam, the template. All were found by Drosnan within the Bible code. Now, if my attention was not pricked at the start of the book, which it most certainly was, it was most definitely fully aroused now. Stop it. Uh, as I stared at these cryptic messages and read of Drosnan's bewilderment at finding them, something began to dawn on me. When I had read Michael Drosnan's books, The Bible Code and The Bible Code 2, maybe we should put a pin in those two, mm -hmm. I was dumbfounded when I saw the cryptic clues he was receiving in his search for the key and its mysterious encoder. What struck me was these clues sounded awfully like references to the ancient Sumerian account on the arrival of the Anunnaki and the creation of the man by genetic engineering and more. In the Bible code, we see he threw his vehicle into the sea. And in Sitchin's translation, the arrival of the first team of the Anunnaki, told in a personal account written by the first leader of the Anunnaki himself, in the lost book of Inki, we read, into the waters down it splashed, into the depths not sinking. Drosnan also found references to a steel vehicle and sections of the code suggesting that such a vehicle may exist. 
somewhere in the area of the Lisan in the Dead Sea. Oh, so Lisan is a place. Okay. Do you want to find Lisan for us, mate? This is remarkable because the arrival and waiting ashore of a god in a fish suit, that's right, the gods in the fish suits, that's another one of those things, isn't it? Who was the creator of mankind is a theme that is in fact common to many cultures. According to Sumerian texts, the Lord Ea, later to become known as Enki, is said to have worn a fish suit and an eagle mask as he waded ashore through the marshes. The event also recalled in Greek mythology as Oannes waiting ashore and creating mankind and civilization. See, the story is the story is the story is the story, man. Oannes is also depicted in a fish suit, and it's notable that Oannes has also been at times depicted as a serpent fish, in obvious reference to the Sumerian god Enki. Enki himself also appeared in a fish suit in early Sumerian depictions. The mysterious Dogon tribe from Mali, West Africa, also worshipped a god donned in a fish suit and a helmet of some kind who they say started mankind. The similarities between these legends, coming to us from vastly differing cultures, cannot be understated or easily dismissed. Here's some fish, fish man. Look at that, dude. Some fish man. I see it. Uh, the Philistines also worshipped a fish god called Dagon. It's a bit similar to Dagon, isn't it? And symbol of the fish is still used today in Christianity, yep. Um, which is... <clears throat> the fish also comes back to the fact that we're in Pisces. Yep. Right? And it's, we're moving to the age of Aquarius. Correct. Yeah. The cross is also a very significant Christian symbol, and not simply because it was the method of execution using the crucifixion of Christ, but it's also worth questioning if it could be in any way possible that the symbol of the Christian cross could have, have its true origins in elongated shape in the early Sumerian references to the planet of the crossing and its elongated orbit. I'm not saying this is so, of course. I'm really asking if it could perhaps be possible. Ancient legends from countless ancient sources tell of the Egyptian god Thoth at one time writing a book in his own hand then secreting in a metal box or ark of some kind and inscribing a pillar of a pillar or pillars with the information that would reveal its location. This mysterious lost book of Thoth has been one of the most sought-after artifacts in all history, right up there with the Holy Grail and the Ark of the Covenant. Anything to do with Lisan, mate? Yes, mate. Yes, yes. The Lisan Peninsula is a large spit of land that now separates the north and south basins of the Dead Sea. Okay, interesting. Right, fair enough. I appreciate that, sir. You're welcome. Uh, there are some interesting legends attached to this book. According to the story of Setna, uh, the Book of Thoth lies in an iron box hidden beneath a place once known as Coptos thought to be near the middle of the Nile. The location was said to be Setna to be the tomb of where Nephrakepta, the son of Ahimatep, lies with his wife Ahura and son Merab. On the chest of Nephrakepta lies an iron box. Within this iron box, a box of made of bronze. Inside the bronze box is a box made from sycamore wood. Within the sycamore box is another box constructed of ivory and ebony. Inside the ivory and ebony box is a silver box with a while within the silver box is the last, a golden box. Inside that golden box lies the coveted book of Thoth. All about the iron box are twisted snakes and scorpions and is said to be guarded by a serpent that not cannot be slain. That reminds me, so apparently in the Masonic tradition, mm. there's a library somewhere that is like, it, it's not box within a box, it's stone, right? So the diff, nine different types of stone in different hardness levels uh, on top of the 
wherever the information is. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yes. And that sort of, that that's what just reminded me of that. Yep. The layer within the layer. The layer within yeah, the layer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. And the serpent that cannot be slain. The serpent stuff is interesting, man. Because, yeah, like, like, yes, did I take a hiatus? Do you think I stopped researching? Of course I didn't stop researching. Of course I didn't stop looking at different things. And the serpent's one of those ones that keeps repeating, keeps repeating, keeps repeating. Oh, there's serpent bloody symbolism throughout everything. There's heaps of it. Max, I'm, I'm going to say longbow, drawing the cross inside the elongated orbit. Um, because the the he wasn't crucified on a cross; he was crucified on a T. Uh, the 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 top part was added later, which you know, look that could still work potentially. Um, yeah, you don't need that. No, you don't need that the top, top piece. section for that drawing mm. there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say I would agree with you, mate. It's a it's a long bow, but hey, it goes well with this with that this line of thinking. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. When considering the clues that were uncovered by Drosnan in his search for information concerning the mysterious encoder of the Bible Code, the legend of the metal box containing the lost book of Thoth immediately springs to mind. Could it not be reasonable to suppose that each of these two references, which both refer to a secreted metal box containing incredibly significant and advanced information, may in fact be references to the exact same lost artifact? Could the Bible Code be providing us with still further confirmation to the actual to the factual reality of the ancient Sumerian accounts. Mate, you shook off that rust pretty well. I did. Afterthoughts. Okay. Ooh, Jesus, that sounds like we're wrapping things we up, mate. Be. We might be. We're kicking on through the book. Uh, I'll keep going. I'm in the flow, man. Yeah, bro. You're doing really well. Uh, afterthoughts. In the abnets. <laughs> there wow. you go. He's in the universe. We set, just, we set the, up. the commentator's curse. In That's the it. absence of evidence to the contrary, the simplest solution is usually correct. Yeah, Occam's razor. Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. Is exactly that's actually going to be one of the keys we talk about in one of the next episodes. Although Darwinism has stood virtually unchallenged and has also been generally regarded as fact in the academic community, and the biblical story of Genesis has managed to maintain its tenacious though now somewhat precarious grip on its own captive audience. We have abundantly shown there are numerous types of quite significant other evidences which greatly question the validity of both theories, even to the point of utterly disproving them. Not only does the new evidence challenge these theories, but it also brings into question a number of other things that have been presented to us as fact, even challenging the very fabric and foundations of our beings and who we thought we were. A god of science and numbers. Uh, I can. I'll. I'll do some of this, man. Then I'll. I'll pass it over. What do you, are you, are you? How are you feeling? Do you want to take? Yeah, man. No, I'm good. You. You do you. All right. Get it out of your system. It, a god of science and numbers. It should by now be abundantly clear that not all in our history, or indeed our world, is what appears to be. Certainly, is not what perpetually promoted to us is factual. Evidence proves beyond any shadow of a doubt that an ancient civilization even more advanced than ours did indeed once exist on this frail little ball in space that is our home. All evidence indicates that they existed circa 11,500 BC and then destroyed themselves in a nuclear holocaust of catastrophic proportions circa 2020 BC. The evidence tells us that the event took place in the Sinai Peninsula 
and that aerial battles were also fought over the Libyan desert, scalding the surface in acres of strange yellow glass that still lies there today. That was interesting, actually, the yellow glass. I remember that now. Academics dispute the possibility of this, mainly due to the time frame flatly stating no uncertain terms that circa 2000 BC, mankind was still hunters and gatherers, which, and this sort of, again, 2004, 2006, we wouldn't say that now. No. We wouldn't say that now. However, isn't it interesting? I mean, that's only, got to remember, it's only you know, 15, 16 years ago and yeah. how much it's changed. You know, We've had a large paradigm shift so far. Mm. The answer to that is yes, indeed they were, yet evidence refutably proves, sorry, irrefutably proves that such a civilization once in fact uh, did in fact exist. This itself proves that man was not in fact responsible for the civilization that we found so many traces of, which in turn indicates that it was built by some other than someone other than man. The obvious conclusion is that it was built by exactly whom all the legends of all, all cultures say it was built. It was built by the gods of ancient legends. All and all cultures are in bold and italic. I just thought I'd mention that because we don't even sing that phrase. He's trying to reemphasize. Let me say that again. The obvious conclusion is that it was built by exactly whom all the legends of old from all cultures say it was built by. It was built by the gods of ancient legend. I agree. Those same beings were responsible for the idiomatic structures, devastating wars we are told in great detail in the Sumerian texts and for the vitrified ruins in the deserts that ensued. There's also a lot of vitrified ruins in Scotland and stuff like that. The melted castles are very interesting. The gods from ancient Sumer, who are also well known in Egypt and Babylon, Greece, Rome and India, the giants of South American legends who are also mentioned in the biblical texts as giants and named in the Hebrew Bible as the Elohim and the Nephilim, those who are from heaven to earth came, those whom Sumerian texts call the Anunnaki. I have little doubt that the Adamu worker race, which the Sumerian text tells us was created in Edin, was indeed the very story of creation of the biblical Adam in Eden. That the event was once common knowledge can clearly be seen in our modern medical symbol. Does it not seem strangely coincidental to you that the modern medical symbol consists of two intertwining serpents surmounted by a sphere and two wings? I've, I've thought that. It's a very weird symbol to just, it is what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? There's so many of those symbols. Yeah. What, why is it? It just is, man. That's the symbol for this. That's the symbol. Why? Like, but, but why did they use snakes and yeah. wings and shit? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's going on there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here we see a perfect representation of DNA that has been in use for centuries and since long before the discovery of DNA. It is quite obvious that the symbol does indeed represent the twisting nature of the human genome and its creator Enki, who is also signified by the symbol of the serpent. I believe in the modern medical symbol is probably even a representation that signifies the actual event, the very moment when man was created in the Anunnaki Medical Center in Eden, that has remained a surprisingly consistent state and actually changed very little with the passage of time. The Mesopotamian tree of life with the winged disc representing the home of the creator of the tree and the planet Nibiru at the top to the Olmec tree of life. That was me. Uh, missed it. The Olmec tree of life. Do, 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 do. Ah, the Olmec tree of life to the Greek caduceus and the staff of 
Asclepius, Asclepius, and then through to the modern medical symbol. All these symbols, both ancient and modern, are a clear representation of what we know to be the spiring double helix from the form of DNA in figure 168, many years, even centuries before it was discovered. And this is the thing, that, that what we don't understand, that the, the joiner that we probably didn't say before, is that the medical symbol's been the medical symbol for thousands of years. Yeah. Right. It just is what it is, right? Yeah. That's that's it is what it is across so many different cultures. How did they know? The Sumerian tales speak of how great the Great Pyramid was constructed by the son of the great Lord Enki, who had created man with the aid of his half sister Ninma. Enki had six sons. One of these sons was the Sumerian god Ningishidah. There's that one Ningishidah, uh, known in Egypt as Thoth. That's right, we just changed it to Thoth, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> We're not saying it's that anymore. Back yeah, 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 we just changed it to Thoth. The master of science and numbers in South America is Quetzalcoatl, the great benefactor and bestower of knowledge, and in the Greek myths as Hermes, the master of science and mathematics. Legends throughout all mythologies recall Thoth as one of the wisest and most benevolent gods of all. Thoth is said to have created countless wonders. It was Thoth who always consulted in the construction and astronomical lines of the temples. It was Thoth who added the leaves of knowing to man's tree of life. It was Thoth who gave Kar in his mark. That's right. The, they can't grow the beard. Remember that? Mm -hmm. That's right. That's, that, that's, yeah. Thoth inseminated Isis with the seed of her murdered husband Osiris, in resulting in the birth of Horus. It was Thoth who designed and constructed the miracle that is the Great Pyramid. Several mathematical and astronomical similarities between Egypt and the enigmatic structures at Stonehenge also strongly suggest that Thoth may have a hand in the construction of that site too. This is here's a, here's a different thought that I've had since we've been away. Was there blueprints? Was there templates? Like this is how you build your temple. With if if you've got standing stones, this is what you do. If you've got enough stone to build a pyramid, this is what you do. It's got to face this way. It's got to do this. It's got to do that. We talked a lot, and we have talked a lot about the scientific slash spiritual culture that once existed, right? The last time science and spirituality were one, which is where this these stones come from. It's, I think that's what it is because it's a half-learning, half-spiritual experience. Do you think there was like a a traveling builder? You know what I mean? Was there a set of blueprints? Because if you think about it, they are very similar around the globe. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. You know? It, yeah. Because it's like, I mean, you take Stonehenge, since this is since this was written, Stonehenge has been scanned multiple times and there's circles within circles within circles around Stonehenge now yeah. that they can see, um, which makes it even more, uh, an even more sophisticated astronomical calendar that they're, they're trying to figure out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Keeping you up, mate. Yeah, mate. Hey, you're boring have, me. Have a swig, mate. Have a swig. There's some caffeine there. Get that into you. Um, legends throughout all mythologies recall Thoth as one of the wisest and most benevolent gods of all. Thoth is said to have created countless wonders. My dulcet tones are just putting you to sleep, man. Just, I'm just. Just lung you to sleep with ancient mysteries. Just leave it and read the book. We've got to, we're getting to the end, remember? Uh, it was Thoth who always consulted the, in the construction and astronomical lines of the temples. It was Thoth who added the leaves of knowing you've gone, you've gone up. to man's tree of life. Have I? Or has he gone around in circles? No, he's coming back around. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, no, I've gone, I've, I've gone up. 
It was Thoth who gave Ka in his mark. Thoth said, yeah, hang on a minute. Da, 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 da. Several mathematical and astronomical similarities between Egypt and Stonehenge. That's where I was. Uh, legends tell us of Thoth writing a secret book containing all the information and knowledge he had learned from his father Enki and all the knowledge he had acquired himself when the Anunnaki left Earth. Thoth is said to have then hidden in a secret and secure underground location and to have then inscribed information pertaining to the book and maybe more on pillar or possibly even two pillars. These pillars or obelisks were known to the Greeks and the Phoenicians as the pillars of Hercules. I was going to, I was just mm. about to say that. Uh, the Egyptian historian Mantheo, or Man, Manetho, uh, mentions the existence of two such pillars and pillars and tells us that Thoth inscribed the pillars with hieroglyphs containing all the ancient wisdom. A golden pillar inscribed with hieroglyphs was also described by Plato. Alexander the Great is reported to have inspected large pillars of gold bearing unusual hieroglyphic markings. Proclus uh, mentioned that the, that Crantor visited Sais in Egypt and had been shown a golden pillar inscribed with hieroglyphs. Hieroglyphics. Where are the pillars, Ben? Where's the big golden pillars, dude? Where are the protectors have fucking captured everything, mate. Yeah, they've taken them away. They've taken them away. Hiding the knowledge. Would you like to take over? Sure. All right, take over, man. Here we go. Here we go. A Jewish historian called Josephus mentions that Thoth inscribes mouse place. Cool. Inscribes some pillars with knowledge in order that wisdom and astronomical knowledge should not perish and describe two pillars, one of stone and one of brick in which is inscribed this knowledge of posterity said pillars still existing in the land of Syriad to this day. Let me have a look at Syriad. You're right, mate. Too much carbonated drinks. (laughs) Um, So I would suggest that maybe there's a possible third pillar. Because if you remember Three. the triptych, yes. with the, the, the masculine, the feminine. What if what if the third pillar is like the Rosetta Stone here? You need the other ones. Could possibly be. The secret and scientific information most valued by the Anunnaki is said to have been kept on small devices that you could hold in your hand similar to modern CDs. The texts called these enigmatic objects mes the mes were said to contain the secrets of the tablets of destinies these have been assumed by many as being either astronomical information or fixed flight plans yeah here's the the diagram the the diagrams the tree yep the tree of life it looks like dna all that stuff yep Celestial orbits and flight paths that were unalterable, among other things, having such an in-depth knowledge of the celestial and mathematical workings of our universe as the Anunnaki seem to have had, may the Tablets of Destinies not have also contained information on the destinies and both alterable and unalterable fates of mankind, and even the gods themselves." The Tablets of Destinies were said to be the most coveted and also the most closely guarded of all the Anunnaki technology. Mm. The Bible Code itself states that it was done on a computer, 
Could it be in any way possible for the information contained and hidden within the Bible code to have come from the computer disk-like MESs or MES of the Anunnaki? And could it also be possible for Thoth to have encoded all the information contained on all of mankind's tablets of destinies within the narrative of the one book that he knew would last this long on earth so the information would not be lost can i yeah i just insert it because i went looking for syriad right because yeah. i like and i the syriad doesn't seem to be a place anymore but the, i came up with the pillars of seth and because we're talking about pillars i might just so this is from of the syriatic uh from this is actually josephus they just we just heard about yeah. now right all these the sons of seth being naturally of a good disposition lived happily in the land without apostate apostatizing and free from any evils whatsoever, and they studiously turn their attention to the knowledge of the heavenly bodies and their configurations, unless their signs should be at any time be lost among men, and what had previously acquired should perish, inasmuch as Adam had acquainted them that a universal aphanism, aphanism, I don't know what that is, or destruction of all things would take place alternately by the force of fire and the overwhelming powers of the water. So that is he describing asteroids hitting and then a big flood there? Mm. They erected two columns, the one of brick and the other of stone, and engraved upon each of them their discoveries so that in case the brick pillar should be dissolved by the waters, the stone might survive to teach men the things engraved upon it. And at the same time inform them that a brick one had formerly been also erected by them. So that, yeah, it remains to it remains even to present day in the land of Syriad. And I couldn't find where the land of Syriad is. So, but anyway, that's from, that's what this guy, this is some of the research that we're talking about. Bit of Josephus mm. coming through. Mm. So this next line is interesting. Could he have then hidden the code to unlocking the book? <laughs> Perhaps even the enigmas. Mm. MES themselves in a vessel, chest or ark somewhere underground. Mm. maybe in the land that was the dwelling place of the last Anunnaki ruler on earth, known in Egypt as Sin, and whose land still bears their name today, mm, Sin's land, Sinai. Could the lost book of Thoth actually have been right here under our noses all along, hidden within the Bible? Was it Thoth? who appeared to Moses on Mount Sinai, was Thoth the one who made an appearance that day as the Hebrew god Yahweh? Could Thoth, the Sumerian god Ningishida, the great master of science and mathematics, the master architect, builder of the pyramids and creator of the calendar, actually be the encoder of the mysterious and so very accurate Bible code? As a side note, in Sumerian texts, we are told of the existence, the mysterious objects known as MESs, that they were small enough to hold in one's hand and yet contained vast amounts of information. This description constantly brings to mind something along the lines of our modern CDs or portable RAM drives. I remember this is pre-smartphone. That's exactly right. Yeah. The Sumerian tales tell of Lord Enki being the custodian to the MESs, 
or the Apples mm. and also or the Androids or, or the whatever yeah. whatever brand you wish to yeah. align yourself with. Yeah. We all know it's a personal fucking extension of our consciousness. That's right. And also Anki setting up mining operations in the Abzu, which has now been clearly identified as Africa. In considering this, one's mind is immediately drawn to the hundreds of mysterious small metal spheres, some with mm. parallel bands running around them that have been found and continue to be found in deep underground mines in Africa at an impossible strata depth of 2.8 billion years. Chapter two, Riddles from the Past. Yeah, I was going to say, is that, remember though, they're the balls that they move on by themselves. Yeah. They had them on display in some museum and every time they put them somewhere, they'd come back and they'd be in it. Like they're in a static, you know, environment that no one's got, you know, you're not, no one's going in there. And yeah, they they put the balls in overnight and they'd run away or something. Remember that? They, they'd move on by themselves. I don't remember that. Well, I don't know whether it was this or whether that's something else that I picked up along the way. However... There is these balls with yep. the lines on them that he's talking about. Yeah. And they move, they seem to move of their own volition. Fair enough. I don't remember it. Yeah. They're, they're, there's a story there. I don't know where that came from. That was, you know, you got to remember that the back blocks are. Oh, bro. They're, they're dusty. Lot, yeah, yeah, man. And they're, but they're dusty as well and they're rusty. Like There's, there's a lot back there in the yeah. Smithsonian, my there's, friend. There's currently dudes that, there's, in my mind, there's currently dudes with dust blowers. Like, hang on, man. Yeah, we've got to bring up all this information again. You just got to picture those warehouses yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah could there be a link it's an interesting thought to say the least so that's the link back to the uh mining yeah the spheres yep so our newest neighbor on monday august august the 2nd 2005 scientists absolutely confirmed the existence of another planetary body that is part of our solar system, thus bringing the number of orbiting planets known to be in our solar system to be to a confirmed 10. However, if one considers the sun to be a system member and the earth and the moon as being a double planetary system as the ancient Sumerians did, then the actual number of bodies existing in our solar system is now raised to 12, thereby confirming the 6,000-year-old Sumerian accounts. Or? the Yeah. Or yeah. What, what the asteroid belt. What if the planet that was there, would that be, that'd be 12 too, wouldn't it? If you add that one into the mix, because isn't that isn't that Tiamat? That's Tiamat that exploded in the in the Great War, the, the Space War. So is that yeah? If we're taking that one out, putting that Mars one in, take out the Sun, That's now you're back to twelve. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm. And absolutely confirmed is a big statement, oh, and 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 they fe- they understand that there is another body somewhere out there that is causing the solar system to wobble. But there, yes. But it's, what it is, what it is, they, they don't know. They don't know, but it's out there. They, there is a mass out there. They're tracking they it. They're, they're, they're trying to track it and find it. But it seems to be a black mass. Like it seems to be, it's a. Well, yeah. it's a dark mass because dark, they can't, they find, can't it. find it. But That's it is a, out there. Yeah, it is out there. So the astronauts of the space shuttle Discovery also spent time observing and photographing the planet, which also has at least one moon. This could be a stretch here. During their August 2005 mission to the International Space Station. I don't... Okay, keep going, keep going. This could be not in our thing 
in our register because it may have been debunked. Yeah, keep going. This discovery is of enormous significance. Do you want to just have a look to see like what comes up if you type um, discovery two thousand and five? Yeah, let me. Let yeah, me yeah. Keep going. This discovery of or is of enormous significance. As yet, too little is known about the new celestial body to announce anything significant, except that it is most certainly there. Even its actual size is still a matter for dispute. Some have estimated its size to be smaller than Pluto. Yeah, this is this is the thing they can't find that yeah. we're talking about. Some have estimated it to be larger than Earth. Because I remember the story being, it's it's estimated to be smaller than Pluto, but it has a gravitational influence that is greater than something of that size. Yeah, that's like, right, because it's causing the wobble. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Some have estimated it to be larger than Earth. As yet, the planet is still too far away to be certain of much at all, except the fact that it is definitely orbiting our sun. However, since this planet was first noticed in 1985 again in 1995 and is now easier to discern and has just been positively confirmed as a solar member in 2005. It is then reasonable to assume that it is slowly getting closer, which indicates the distinct possibility that it follows a vast elliptical orbit. This fact is also a significant importance because it also validates the Sumerian accounts. The official NASA press release numbers Number 05-209 reads as follows. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is, the, this is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scientists discover 10th planet. And this is where 10th planet jiu-jitsu came from. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. was all around that time. Yeah. Planet larger than Pluto has been discovered in the outlying regions of the solar system. The planet was discovered using the Samuel Ocean Telescope at Palomar Observatory near San Diego, California. The discovery was announced today by planetary scientist Dr. Mike Brown of the California Institute of Technology in Pasadena, California, whose research is partly funded by NASA. The planet is a typical member of the Kuiper Belt, but it, its sheer size in relation to the nine known planets means that it can only be classified as a planet, Brown said. Currently, about 97 times further from the sun than the Earth, the planet is the farthest known object in the solar system and the third brightest of the Kuiper Belt objects. It will be visible with a telescope over the next six months and is currently almost directly overhead in the early morning eastern sky in the constellation of Cetus, said Brown, who made the discovery with colleagues Chad Trujillo of the Gemini Observatory in Mauna Kea, Hawaii. So do you want the, when you're ready, do you want, I've got some stuff. Okay. And David Rabinowitz of Yale University, New Haven, Connecticut, on January the 8th. Give it to me. So apparently it's called Eris. Uh, and the initial thing, 10th planet discovery, this is the top of Google, and this is Google, obviously. Yep. Because Eris was initially thought to be larger than Pluto, it was described as the 10th planet by NASA in, and in media reports of its discovery. Okay. Um, yeah, the planet, see, this hasn't been officially named yet. It's currently 97 times farther than the sun. And then it says, so just going through the things, 
there is no known planet X or 10th planet in our solar system. That's from star child. So, but this is Google. So because the thing is we're currently down to eight. They've even yeah. kicked Pluto out. And look, I'm not saying that the God of every kicking the God of everything out of the solar system was, <laughs> was a good, you know? Yeah. I don't know whether that was a good idea reflecting yeah. like when we kicked Pluto out, if you think what happened after we kicked Pluto out of the solar system, things haven't been real great down here on old Earthland. So true. Uh, so it might have been a good idea. It might not have been. Yeah. Might have took, <laughs> took not taken that lightly. Yeah. Eris minor planet designation 136199 is the most massive and second largest known dwarf planet in the solar system. It is a trans-Neptunian objects in the scattered disk and has a high eccentricity orbit. Eris was discovered in January 2005 by Palomar Observatory, da 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 da, da. Named after the Greco-Roman. And he did, it's just, interestingly, it's the same picture. So we've taken no other photos of Eris since 2005, apparently. No, well, it was only viewable for another six months and then it disappeared. <laughs> like, remember? Yeah, that's, that's, what what, that's, right, that's what he just said. Yeah. Overhead in the early morning eastern sky in the constellation Cetus. Yeah. Um, but, all so, right. So there, that's that's... It's interesting, but obviously since then we've moved on. We've kicked Pluto out and we've renamed them planetoids. Yeah. They're, they're now moon-like. Do you know to the point where they've kicked Pluto out is that my my kids are learning a song at mm. school mm. and Pluto's in it. It's like, yep. yeah. That's... Yeah, they have. They've, it's been excluded only because of like size and stuff like that. That's like we've just redrawn the line in the sand. Yeah. It's because... Just... Because they were going to have to start adding more planets. Because they kept because they kept because our telescopes are getting better, so they're finding more shit further out. Mm. You know, they said it's the third brightest in the Kuiper Belt. Mm. So what what are the what's other the, two? What's the other two, and how big are they? How yeah. big are they? So yeah. they were like, ah, we've got to draw a line somewhere. But you know what? We're going to kick Pluto out because Pluto was smaller than Eris. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, Pluto's Pluto, closer. Pluto, we found yeah, it we first. Can't, we can't do that. But yeah. we're going to kick it out because it's smaller than Eris. And then they're now called Kuiper Belt Objects. Yeah. 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 Again, I, I, yeah. Kicking Pluto out of the solar Small system. Small planetoid objects. I, I don't. Yeah. I just, I mean, and that, that, the very fact that we kick, can I just going to rant for a second? The very fact that we kick Pluto out of the solar system shows the incredible hubris of man. Yeah. Like Pluto is mentioned in every single one of these old stories going back thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Here we are about 2015. Nah, fuck it. Pluto's not a planet. You're out, mate. You're out. That's it. You have no you yeah. have place in our yeah. society You're done. Anymore. You're gone, man. Oh, my God. Anyway, Pluto's definitely a planet. Uh, and every time my daughter says Pluto's not a planet, it's a planet. So she gave me the whole scientific explanation of why Pluto's not a planet. I said, I don't care, sweetie. Pluto's a planet. Trust Pluto's me. Pluto's in there. Yeah, it's in there. So is Eris. So, yeah. Well, how many is there? But it, And it wouldn't be, okay, if it is um, Nibiru or, you know, so let's say it's Nibiru, right? Because that's the theory. That's the sphere we're playing in right now. Yes, okay? yes. Nibiru would be bigger than just bigger than Pluto. And if Eris yeah. is it, obviously it's a solid metal ball with a magnus, magnetosphere because if it's causing the disruption to the solar system that apparently it, this planet is causing mm. I don't think it's Eris I think maybe we just found another planetoid exactly but is this hard little ball that crosses our orbit is that 
Is it just one big magnet and just Mr. drags Mr. rocks Mr. through Destructor. it? Yeah, just you know what I mean. Just, this little, this indestructible little missile just. Here we go. Here we go. What and if, it just pops out the other side because, like you said, it's solid. What if? Here's a here's a theory. What if Eris is the core of Tiamat? Yeah. What if it's the core? What yeah. if it's the cooled off and just set on this trajectory? Yeah. Just this little bullet-like object. Yeah. Maybe. Hundred percent. Maybe. Keep going, dude. Brown. Okay. So, so Brown, who is a professor of planetary astronomy, scientists can infer the size of a solar system object by its brightness. But as one can infer the size of a faraway light bulb if one knows its wattage, the reflectance of the planet is not yet known. Scientists cannot yet tell how much light from the sun is reflected away, but the amount of light the planet reflects puts a lower limit on its size. Even if it reflected 100% of the light reaching it, it would still be as big as Pluto. Pluto was still in it when this was written too. Yeah. I'd say it's probably one one and a half times the size of Pluto, but we're not sure yet of the final size. We are 100% confident that this is the first object Mm, bigger than Pluto ever found in the outer solar system, Brown added. Yeah. A name for the new planet has been proposed by the discoverers to the International Astronomical Union, and they are awaiting the decision for this of this body before announcing the name. It was Eris. And I think, and isn't it interesting, the super advance in technology from 2005 to now, mm. in what we can 20 see. Years and what we can 20, 20 years. 18 years. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. In what we can see. Yeah. You know, like it's it's crazy. It is. Yeah. So now we venture into a new doctrine. Religious texts and mythologies from all quarters hint something really big happening at the end of things. In the Bible, it says the end of days will be as beginning days, but that was at the beginning. The Sumerians tell us that it was an enormous and devastating cosmic collision. Is that what the end times will be? Is that why the ancients were so obsessed with the calendar and the movements of the planets? Mm. Was it to track these orbital periods so these times of mass extinction could be predicted? Is that why they dealt with such enormous, enormously long periods of time? A good deal of the evidence that we have previously discussed says it may well be so. If the Mayan long count was indeed started by Thoth, would that be the reason why it is a count of 432,000 years. The Sumerians tell us that this same period of time, 120 shahs, or 432,000 years, is the time that had passed since the arrival of the Anunnaki and the Deluge. Are these types of events to be expected when another 120 shahs has passed? The Bible and many other texts say that the end times will be as the beginning times. The Sumerians say cosmic collision. It seems apparent that Nibiru seems to cause a great deal of mayhem to the inner planets, not on its every passage, but certainly every few orbits. And a new planet has just now come into view in our solar system. 
it is urgent that some group of scientists and mathematicians begin constructing a computer simulation to see exactly what the orbit of this new solar member is and what harm the close passage of such a celestial body may actually cause. And that's the problem, isn't it? Is that they haven't been able to track it. They lost it. Even I think, I don't know whether they lost Eris, but whatever it is out there, they thought they had it and they lost it. That's, that's what my memory is telling me. I think so. Which is funny because old mate did say it's only going to be visible for another six months, mm. um, and then it's then where was it going? Mm. Where what? Where was it disappearing? Yeah, was it coming closer? Was it moving further away? Was it behind the sun? Like where's it mm, coming from? Exactly. Mm. So, however, the real path to safety and building a harmonious future for our race and our planet lies in the education of the people. Mass education on a global scale. Brought to you by Joe Rogan. <laughs> if mankind <laughs> is to survive, education is man's greatest nature natural resource. Remember how the Mayans claimed to have had an earlier harmonious and scientific approach to worship that they had received from Quetzalcoatl? But over many years, it had become overtly permutated and corrupted by other influences. It is this author's opinion that an extremely valuable lesson can be learned from that story, for it seems that though traces of the ancient beliefs still run through modern religions with noticeable starkness, the stories themselves have now become so corrupted and twisted by outside influences that they now bear very little resemblance to the original concepts and messages that were once meant to convey. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Modern religions teach little of the old knowledge, but instead exert control over their practitioners by enforcing a blind adherence to rigid rules through fear of an unseen and wrathful retribution to be inflicted upon them by a God that they claim to be pure love. The very concept is pure contradiction, right from the very start. Modern religious texts also teach that all other texts are to be ignored. That's because it's the word, bro. That's, That's what, right. It's the word, man. This is, of course, to hide the fact that the doctrines have been borrowed and permutated and can quite easily be disproved through investigation, and then control is lost. It is a well-known fact that the Christian religion even taught reincarnation as part of its doctrine until it was removed from the texts in the 5th century. While even in semi-modern times, we have seen those Christians who claim to adhere most stringently to biblical texts also alter them to suit their own needs, as with the Catholic religion adding the no-divorce decree that has never appeared in any other version and indeed never appeared in the Hebrew texts from which the Catholic version was derived. The Mormon religion claims to be Christian, but actually follows their own doctrine as described by the Book of Mormon. And it is similar with the Jehovah's Witnesses. More recently, we have witnessed the same in both mainstream and evangelical Christian religious movements with the introduction of the Good News version of the Bible. 
Even a cursory glance reveals that almost every word of the original text has been changed to produce modernized and very slanted versions, and in some cases, quite inaccurate translations of the original stories, making any serious investigation or assimilation of the true textual concepts quite literally impossible. I hadn't thought about it like that. It's true. Similar insecurities can can be seen in the Islamic religion, where virtually all outside influences are banned and constant reinforcement of belief is required through rigorous prayer. These types of practices quite obviously and very logically reveal glaring insecurities in any establishment and even more so when applied to organized religions. If a religion is so stringent that it cannot be faced by outside facts or influences, then the faith it is based on is obviously resting on a very thin foundation of blind belief in any such establishment can only be badly placed. The same is true of any movements that require blind faith, be they religious, political, educational, or otherwise. Can I just say one thing there, though? Yeah. So if we were to scroll back up a little bit, he mentions a section, he mentions a part where he was saying the old symbols have been basically bastardized, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So to me, in that moment, as I read that, it's, it's the slippery slope of change. Yeah. So you get... On a ceremony, mm-hmm. you get someone one day cuts a corner mm-hmm. and then slowly but surely, as those little Chinese whispers continue those to Chinese happen, whispers was the word that I was, this was exactly what I was Then thinking. your your ceremony slowly, slightly mm. changes mm-hmm. over time. Now, the only way to defeat that is the stringent adherence to the letter of the law. Yeah. Which is what he's now saying. Yes, what he's saying can be true, Mm. but I think it's also when you have a stringent set of rules, that's, it's like, no, there's no alteration. Yeah, this is the the reason for that is though. So then there's no change over time. Mm -hmm. That's how you combat the slippery slope of Chinese whispers. Yeah is stringent adherence. Mm. Now, it's being looked at negatively here, but I think that's how you keep something pure as it was originally intended, mm. is through that. You because would... if you give people artistic license, then it, it artistically yeah. changes over time, yeah. and you end up getting the the modern version of the Bible where all the language has yeah. been changed to the point where the Bible code doesn't work on it because it's completely changed. That's right. But it's also, you're changing it from languages to languages to languages. You're losing in translation. You're losing meaning. But then the religions become methods of control. Exactly. So then you change it because... And I think all of that happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think all of that happens. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, this is the, you know, the argument. I don't, I don't sort of have this problem much anymore because but used to run into you know christians and i believe in the bible the bible's the word i'm like yeah that's cool man which one yeah you know where do you want to go you know what are we talking here we're talking the hebrew bible the old testament where where are we actually going because depending on which book you read is depending on what you see and depending on what it actually says as well Mm -hmm. so it's like what it what i thought about 
the the Masonic stuff is interesting, right? That's probably uh, a stringent adherent to a process that I would know of because mm-hmm. the Masonic texts are the Masonic texts are the Masonic texts, right? And they're very particular about that, and that's the whole reasoning behind it. Um, so, you know, like I can see, I can see what you're saying there. I can see what you're saying. It's it's interesting. Well, let's. As I read the other bit, what went through my mind was how would you stop that? And I was like, well, you have to this have a stringent set of this rules. And then the next paragraph, he's telling us about stringent sets of belief systems being a negative thing. I'm like, mm. well, that's the only way you stop what you mentioned previously from happening. However, the, the problem is with all these faiths that he's talking about is they are just arms of the Judaic Christian faith. Well, and not only that, but they all mirror the Sumerian the story, story, the Greek story, the Egyptian story. Exactly, the, the, that's what the inter- That's something the South the American given story, us, right? Yeah, is the fact that it's the internet is our new printing press. Mm. You know, yeah. The, the um, throwing some shout outs in the in the first episode back. Um, Teresa and the Patriot did a Eucharistic miracle on the Spiritual Gangsters podcast, which really was could kind of creeped me out a little bit. However, listen to it, and it's basically. These, it's the blood and the body of Christ, right? And and uh, Teresa's, you know, open that she's a religious person, um, and that's totally cool. She's still very open minded, right? Which is what I like. And it, my take on the Eucharistic stuff, it's like, yeah, but that's the story. Is the story is the story? Because she asked me what I thought about. It, and I thought, and I was honest. I said, look, to me, the Bible story is the Sumerian story. Is the story is the story is the story. But it's interesting the energy attached to it manifesting into the physical, which is the the creepy thing about this Eucharistic stuff. However, it's uh, it's interesting, man. Do, Can you explain to me the Eucharistic stuff? So the Eucharist is the blood and body of Christ, right? So when you take the wafer <clears throat> and you drink the wine, yeah, that's called the Eucharist, and that's right. the, you are having it's literal it's cannibalism. Basically, you are ingesting the blood and body of Christ. That is what you're supposed to. Yes. Um, take it in as. And there's, but why do, the, why do the Christians do it again? What's their meaning behind it? Well, it's just that you're, you know, Christ compels you. I, I don't actually really know, dude. Do you? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. I but, really don't know. Yeah, I can't remember because the Catholics call it communion, don't they? Yeah, communion, but it is taking of the Eucharist. Of that's the Eucharist. It, that's yeah. the, the words. That's I've the never words, heard yeah. that one. That's good. I like that. Yeah, but, the, but there's all these miracles attached to them where it's actually been flesh and it's been the same blood type. It's all this creepy stuff. Yeah. Um. However, it's 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 interesting because it's you know the energy behind the story, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it manifesting into the physical. But I like the yeah stringent adherence to what though? Like, well, it's in our times. It's it's a bastardized version. Yeah. Basically, what they're saying. It's not what, the original. What has happened is through all those things we said happen, like as in it being used as this and, you, you know, control devices and mm-hmm. like the Catholic Church definitely did that. The, the priests were rock stars and that's why, um, uh, what's his name? Martin Luther. Mm. That's why we know his name because he created the Protestants. Yeah, which had the his English when, translation. When he, or German. German, that's right. From Latin to German, and then he he printed it out. So as then everyone could just read the word of God, whereas Mm. before when it was in Latin, only the the priests could read it. Yeah. 
and I think that, and you talk about the control version. I think that's where the 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 priest must be celibate came into it because everyone wanted a piece of the dude that could talk to God. You exactly, know I mean? man. Like, they were rock stars. Yeah, pick their harem. Mm. You got that lighter? Or have I got that no. lighter, bro? I think you, oh no, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Do you want me to always keep, got it? Do you want me to? Keep I going? think it's time for you to kick on, my friend. Down to the old proper and complete global, global education is, in truth, the greatest resource available to aid in the continued survival of our planet and mankind. True education is what is required to assist in the building of a harmonious future for us all. Yet so stupid is the modern political mindset that in 2005, a television news program in, a, in an appalling and almost unfathomable lack of intelligence, compassion and reasoning, I personally heard the Australian Minister of Educa for Education at the time, Mr. Brendan Nelson, actually comment that in his, in his view, education is a privilege and not a right. Well, yeah, just, let's not start that. And just consider for a moment that this mental midget <laughs> was actually in a position of power and is able to make decisions that affect our children on a daily basis while openly maintaining this type of unconscionable attitude. Not only is Mr. Nelson profoundly stupid uh, and an obvious fool, but when his ego and position of power is combined with the stark realities of his obvious intellectual inaptitude, it all compounds to make him a very dangerous fool. Well, that's the politicians being dangerous fools is a very, uh, that, again, didn't get any better, Max. Did not. It's been very prevalent this whole time. It did not get any better, man, and it is starkly obvious now. A minister blatantly announcing and promoting the concept that education should be given only to the privileged spells a great danger, danger for our future. Manipulation of education is an interesting one as well, isn't it? Um, education is mankind's man coins, uh, greatest resource. Proper and truthful education would dispel 90% of mankind's afflictions. The repression of real information and true education can be held solely responsible for the situation the world now faces. 90% of all wars that have been fought in the last 2,000 years have been waged for religious or territorial region, reasons. Yet, as we have seen, all religions ultimately stem from the same source. We have easily seen how much the earlier Sumerian story from whence all the creation tales originally came encompasses them all in an extremely scientific way. We can see quite obviously that ancient man has no religion as such, but instead had a deep knowledge of true reality, a science and religion that are integrally combined into a way of life. If all mankind was truly educated and the true source of all religions, how could there possibly be wars fought over doctrines described in books? Still many other wars have been fought from a lust of, for power and an expansion of national boundaries. But if all mankind was truly educated in the actual realities of our history and accepted each other for who they were, what power would be needed by individual countries? Another hidden but simple truth is that behind each one of these wars has been one controlling banking system that has profited greatly from each conflict. Yes, the military-industrial complex, another, you know. I mean, this is, are they 05? So they just got into Afghanistan. Yep. Yeah. Somewhere there. Somewhere okay. there. I don't, I don't remember. But yeah, 20 years of waste and billions and billions and billions of dollars. And now the Taliban is the fifth largest military in the world. And then life grand. Uh <laughs> But that's not what they're talking about. No, no, no. no. He's talking about the the banking system, the Rockefellers, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. The, the, yeah. the banking families. Yeah, true. Uh, I just threw that in there. Which which also have links into everything. Exactly. You were talking exactly. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. That's who funds everything else. But they're above that. They're sort above of, that. That's yeah. the next level. Yeah. Yeah. 
Throughout this entire work, I've attempted to remain neutral. <laughs> have you, Max? And I've attempted to avoid any political viewpoint either one way or the other. I've tried to remain Maybe focused. politically he's remained neutral. He's he hasn't, to, yeah. he hasn't mentioned politics very much. No. So, yeah, you could say that. I've tried to remain focused on the matter at hand, which is one of history and not political commentary. In a few, however, in a few, however, in closing, a few points need to be mentioned. Uh, in this author's opinion, that the world needs to drastically rethink its approach to pretty well most things about our societies, our past, and the direction we need to take for the future. Things have gotten incredibly bad since the tragic events of yeah, September 11. Although it is not the purpose of this book to comment on who the actual perpetrators were or what their reasons may have been, it must be noted that since that day occurred an escalation in the suppression of information, more wars of contrivance, and further erosion of human rights has been taking place on a daily basis in all countries of the world and on a scale that has never been seen, never before been seen. Well, you'd, you'd never believe what they did in 2019, my yeah, friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 2020. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, Max was on the front lines in 2020, 2021, man. He was, yeah, he's he was right in there. Um, I still, I am going to try again to get in touch with him. In third world countries, it is happening by violent and oppressive means where possible and though free trade agreements or the manipulation of currencies by large banks where needed in civilized nations, it is happening through more nefarious, ambiguous means. And, and it was nefarious and ambiguous for a little while, but now everybody just knows it, right? It's, it's yeah. Politicians are better at the stock market than the, the, the professionals are, man. No one knows why. It's, it's crazy, dude. Uh, it's like they've got inside information. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> they are in their own way, no less oppressive as in the gradual and subtle dismantling of various national constitutions and everyday rights of the people in order to protect them. It's all for your safety, man. Trust us. It's for your safety. Trust us. It's for your safety. Uh, from a shadowy, ill-defined and wholly manufactured enemy or an invisible one, Max, they are getting away with it through a constant barrage of propaganda. It should also be noted that in this has only been made possible due to the fact the American government is now firmly in the hands of the military-industrial complex that President Eisenhower in 1960 warned the people to vigilant for and to make sure it was never allowed to happen. Well, it definitely happened and is still happening. Uh, it's still happening to the, point, to the point where they're willing to provoke World War III. I mean, yeah. 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 That'll be the ultimate one. Yeah. Well, that's what we mentioned at the very start. Is, yeah. is it... Is, is the, uh, the UAV, is yeah. a disclosure just a warning like hey back off we've got some shit that you don't even know about yeah that's right we've got but if they got shit that's the next thing what are they releasing well russia's got stuff man you would have to say just trying to have shit yeah china's china's been so quiet for so long we haven't even properly researched their pyramids no well no but they, they well, there well the you pyramid know. they're they're on a hundred year plan man we, we don't yeah, know man. what we're doing tomorrow. they're on the long plan yeah they're good at it yeah it's a bit scary with their pyramid thing, I mean, that's the whole pyramids in China thing. Is I think, that's, I think the story I know comes from I think it comes from Hancock, where he's like he finally spoke to someone in China and asked them about you know what are the pyramids. He's like, ah, oh, we got time, we'll figure it out. It's, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll do not, another thing. Yeah, yes, yeah, so it's right, not important man. right yeah. now. Uh, in many ways, it is very obvious that the closed societies we've constructed for ourselves are virtually always dysfunctional. Yeah, well. Is it admirable quality to take pride in one's heritage and to be proud of one's nation? No, it's not. It's not, man. That's not. You can't do that anymore. But in reality, a great deal of mankind's true heritage has been robbed from us. 
This is true for all nations, while nationalism in its present form can never have any possibility of succeeding in any concept of a global family. Nationalism undermines the very concept of humankind peacefully coexisting on one planet. It has become quite obvious that we'll never learn to function as a responsible species that can live in harmony together, while each country and each faith continues to embrace concepts of a national, racial, doctrinal, or religious supremacy. True. Love is the answer. We've got to realize that we're all the same. That's true. It is clear that the world needs to be governed by one competent and just global body. Yet the key words here are competent and just. <laughs> Can such a thing be possible? What with did the current... I say to you in the message today? Yeah. We need a one world government, Yeah, possibly led by the illuminated ones. <laughs> yeah, but who's, who get, who's the illuminated ones? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? 20 who years watches away. the watches? Who watches the watches? Exactly. Can such a thing be possible with the current oligarchy of liars and bankers who are presently in control of the world's no. resources? No. Actually, remember, this is too prior to 08. This is prior to the collapse as well. So, you know, like it's... Yeah, man. Very prophetic words. It's interesting the, the um, to look at it in retrospect. Being the ones who will bring about such a governing body. Like, what did I say to you today? Class Rob's got it, man. It's all good, dude. He's 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 all over it. Yeah, um, no, I think I think where he gets where uh, Max is just a little bit wrong is the governance. We don't need to be governed when we all need to understand like each other and accept each other. Yeah, with love, and then we don't need governing. That's right. That's what that's what needs to happen. There's a general set of human rules. Be good to each other. Don't you know? Yeah. But the Ten Commandments, for want of a better description, and that's it. Yeah. That's it, you know? Well, and if we get to a place where, you know, we don't need policing and stuff because there's, there is no crime because there is no haves and have-nots. Like, that's what drives the crime is people that don't have. So yeah. they take stuff from people that do have. But we've also got to, we've also got to make the new world about not having stuff, you know what I mean? And I think where the twisted concept is is this socialism, communistic uh, outlook that's being embraced because the idea on paper sort of makes sense. However, in practice, it's killed hundreds of millions well, of people. The, the problem is there's still someone governing it. That's right. That's what, You've still got someone that, in charge. That's where the corruption yeah, comes exactly. from. Yeah, yeah. It's the oligarchy. who watches the watches? Exactly. That's the problem. We Basically, we just we all need to have the same access to the same shit to a point, there's so much abundance that no one can have more of it. Yeah. Like we can all easily get it. Yeah. That's how it gets to this point. Yeah. Not with anyone governing anything mm. because and the humans game, are humans. And he who dies with the most toys wins needs to stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. That's like, but that that comes from a scarcity. Yeah. That's where you get that. Well, they create, well, this is the thing. What is scarce? They say diamonds are scarce. No, there's not. There's warehouses and warehouses and warehouses full of diamonds. They exactly. just say that but what I'm what I'm getting at is the fact that there's a scarcity. You you can create scarcity through the fact that it's hard to get stuff. Yeah. But if you can print a diamond, go, oh, I want a diamond. Doot, doot, doot. Yeah. And the AI tells the supercomputer to do something and you can materialize well, AI is a whole different anything that you that? want. Then that's the only way you get past yeah. scarcity. But then who has those devices to start yeah, with? Exactly. Who's in control yeah, exactly. of the Exactly. It's yeah. just on and on and on. It just goes, mate, because we're fucking 
we're apes, man. Mm-hmm. We're hairless chimps and we're warring at our hearts. So See, he's to- hoping that old mate at the very start of this was telling the truth and yeah. Oh, man. Or, or is that the is that the oligarchs? Is it at the top? It's 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 you know. Oh, as in the the whistleblower? Yeah, yeah was yeah. telling the truth. Yeah, if he's telling the truth, and the other all the aliens exist, are, are well, they the ones? In the control? only way are we an alien ant farm come back to the them? only way in which <laughs> yeah. So this is where the space daddy comes from. Mm-hmm. Is the only way we can re- remove where we all where we all become equal is under. A higher intelligence wasn't Reagan. The, that's what Reagan's classic speech: the existential threat from another planet. How we'd get over ourselves? How yeah. quickly we'd get over ourselves? That's right. Face an existential threat from another. That's planet. exactly right. Because we'd have something to band together. Because you get to a point where it's like, well, my lineage that I've built up with all this money means nothing if we face an existential threat. Yeah. There's no. If we could possibly n- none of us be here tomorrow, then. What's the point yeah, of all, we're all this, together? Now. Of all this power, right. there is none anymore because all we together. all need to work together. And well, and see, then you this lends into Project Blue Book is because they know that they there's a plan to stage an alien invasion uh, to create the existential threat to create their their one world government, not the one we're talking about now. Yeah. So if they convince everyone that doesn't know that isn't on their team that there is an existential threat, then they will be like, what's the use of me having all this gold and money and stuff? Let's just, we do whatever we can. We need to survive. But if someone's, if someone's creating a plan, those people are like, Oh yeah, throw away all your money. There's no need because we created the threat. And then they give it all away. And then they go, Oh, well, Funny, funny how that thing we said was coming never actually happened, but now we have all your wealth. Yeah, now we have. Thank you for giving that to us. Um, I, I don't know about redistributing this. That seems like a big effort. Like we yeah, went to a, a lot we, of trouble. We walked around and picked up all this gold. We put yeah, in the work. That's right. It's ours now. Like, come on, find us keepers. Oh, so it's it's come out because everyone's doing the research now that BlackRock has something like ten trillion dollars in assets. Yep. Now the global the global wealth pool apparently is 40 trillion dollars so between blackrock and vanguard they own half half of everything already <laughs> so yeah. you know what i mean yep like it, pretty much every company oh they're they're competing with this one they can no they're not it's, no. The, same, it's the same it's all it's yeah. all the same man no yeah. one cares and i think what did i hear the other day some i know don't quote me on any of these statistics um that they've got a they've got a bankroll of like four trillion dollars as well they've already got the goal man so like uh, a billion dollar company collapses when you've got four trillion hiding under the couch. It don't matter. Like, no, who cares? You know no, what I mean? There, there's a game above the game. You know, like yeah. If you if you've got one trillion dollars, mm. what we can't compute is a the trillion difference. is a billion billions. Well, what we can't what we can't compute is the difference between a million and a billion. Yeah, that's where that's where we fuck up. Yeah, a billion is like, a million we can, millions. We can somewhat understand a million mm. in terms of like dollars and stuff yeah. like that but we as average people lose it when they go to billions we're like oh yeah billions just the next step on from a million but it's like no 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 you don't understand a million a billion is a million millions man that's a lot that's, that's a, and, and and a trillion is a billion billions like is, is the numbers got, <laughs> yeah that's it we can't understand that step so yeah. how do we understand 
the difference between a billion and trillion. Mm. And there's hundreds of trillions dollars worth of debt yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to whom? whom? Yeah, the Decepticons, man. It's to well, the Decepticons. Well, that's uh, Space Daddy. Yeah. It's Enki. We, we owe Space Daddy. Yeah. Where are we? Competent and just. Maybe that's what, that's what, maybe that's what sins are, you know, and we'll forgive your sins. Yeah. It's actually your debt. Your debt. You pay your <laughs> we to forgive your daddy. debt to the Space Daddy. We <laughs> forgive it. Maybe that's what it is. Who knows? Uh, here, there you go. Or does this concept spell the introduction of a one-world government where the majority is controlled by the few? The fascist new world order that may have been feared for so long, the, 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 the new Reich we are now even seeing erected by the Bush administration and the UN. Don't Well, yes. However, they're, they're literally... Have you seen all the all the, um, all the the major leaders in the last like two, three years? No. This is the time for the Great Reset. And the new world order, the new world order, the new, the new, like, it's just, they've, they've inserted that into the zeitgeist. Yeah, man. It's just, we just don't even pay attention to it anymore. Yeah. It has not been my desire to attempt to say for certain whether the true answers to the mysteries of our past tie in Darwinism or religion, whether the data that has been provided to us by the ancient texts and monuments is correct or to confirm the validity or accuracy of the ancient Sumerians account. My main desire has been to provide the reader with information so they may investigate further to make up their own minds on these matters. However, if there is an even remote chance that any of these tales could be true, then they hold grave and important information for all people, all races. Where are we at, man? Where are we at? We is... get it. Oh, mate, it, his language is changing. We're getting close. Oh, no, appendices. Uh, appendices. Uh... Hang on. No, no. Go we're... back up. Go back up. Go back up. So no appendix. Go to appendix one. Appendix one. And what is the head heading? A history, history and myth. myth. Yeah, I think we. He's he's just going back into citations. It, well, not history. I think he's just he's giving us a brief understanding of the story. Yeah. Um, appendix two, the first tablet. Oh, See, the seven tablets of creation. Is, he's actually putting in there like these stories, these ancient stories and stuff mm. like that. See, I don't, I don't know if we need to go into them. I wouldn't mind reading some of these tablets. Tablets could be cool. Yep. Tablets could be cool. I'm just sort of looking at the time, man, and I'm thinking maybe that it's... All I'm thinking is that this, these are the ancient stories that he's putting together his argument from. His mm. book... His argument, his theory is is done. Is now. is done. Mm. This is now not his work. This is just the tablets and stuff that he's he's put together. Mm. Mm. Like mm. some of the stories that he's getting information from. So if we go, <laughs> we've only got where were we? We've only got a little bit to go. So if we accept that this is the end of the book there. I'll just finish it, and then we'll then we'll wrap it up, man. Because it's only it's only that much. Let's do it. For my part, however, I believe the people of the world have been duped. I believe we've been systematically and deliberately lied to, and the emperor's new closed syndrome and a fear of speaking out independently has been deeply ingrained in our psyche. Not anymore. Podcasts and uh, the cult of Joe Rogan uh, set us free. As our solar system orbits our sun and our sun in turn orbits its own parent star, Abiron, then in turn Abiron turn orbits another star and so on and so on throughout a galaxy, our galaxy itself orbits are in a black hole at its centre. Our solar system 
is located at the very outer reaches of the Milky Way. As we complete one great cycle around our galaxy, our solar system travels slowly up and down in a manner similar to the painted pony on a carousel, occasionally passing through denser center parts of the flat spiral where there are more asteroids, comets, and debris. We are currently in one of the more dense and more active sections of the galaxy and are due to complete one of these great cycles in 2012. That's right, it's before 2012. Forgot about that. The long count of the Mayan calendar due to come to its conclusion on December 21, 2012, 2012 reveals an ancient awareness uh, in this great celestial cycle, as does the number 432,000 or fractional divisions thereof that is found virtually in all mythologies. Obviously, we didn't die in 2012, or maybe we did. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure we didn't. Uh, but we just may have completed one of the long cycles. Well, no, this is the point. See, since 2012, the calendar's been looked at again. And it's the end of a cycle. Mm. And they're basically saying 1960 to 2040 is the end of that cycle, which then reflects the uh, Pillar 43, Gobekli Tepe, which then reflects blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The dawning of the age of Aquarius. Yes. And... Yeah. Well, it's a hard one. I believe Randall, because Randall knows, but he says it's difficult to try and uh, say when the age of Aquarius, actually, whether we've started or whether we're about to start. It's an interesting question. We've examined some very important facts throughout this work. We've seen that ancient knowledge of the Zodiac irrefutably reveals advanced scientific know-how in ancient times. We've seen it proven that man could not possibly have evolved from apes and that a human genome is more a mere 200,000 years old. Is that 600,000 now? I think it's 600,000 now. Yeah. It's, it's more than 200,000. I think it's 300,000. 300,000? I don't know if it's... Oh, no, it's no, it could be three. Oh, yeah, you could be right there. But... We'll, yeah, we'll call it three. There's so many different ones; it's hard to keep track. But of then, them. if you if you bring into account the the footprints, right? What are yeah. the footprints? Well, I I start giving up. Yeah, you know, it's like I don't know. It's a long time ago. Like, like, you know, we've all we've all lost faith in institutions these days. So, so who knows? Like, yeah, who fucking knows? Yeah, that's very hard. That's to, a very good point. Hard to keep up. Is Pluto a planet? Is yeah. it planetoid? Yeah. I don't know what the, is. Yeah. Yeah. Isus in there? For yeah. Whatever her name is, I yeah. can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have learned that many ancient accounts of the wars of the gods can be adequately verified and that these beings in question were in fact no more gods than you or I. We have learned the polar reversals and other cataclysmic upheavals are a proven and scientific reality and seen that the great civilizations have indeed come and gone in our planet's history. We have found credible data to suggest that such upheavals are triggered by predictable regular celestial events. We have learned that other important lessons from observations such as the features on Mars, from observations of the comet levy shield maker 9, and indeed from traces here to be found on Earth, that is, the comets and or asteroids do actually hit planets. In this author's opinion, that instead of focusing our attentions on wars of contrivance in support of corporate control of resources, thinly veiled as a fight against an unseen or shadowy enemy of pure invention, we need to focus on the real issues at hand that are affecting our planet. I believe in all relevant data concerning the issues raised in this work should be investigated openly and en masse. In writing this book, my main desire has been to simply alert you to the fact that these historical anomalies and religious texts exist and of the scientific, anthropological, astronomical and geological and genetic studies that have been mentioned. It is my sincere hope this book will serve as a starting point for you to now go out and research the accuracy of the information that is presented to you in these pages for yourselves. Just the mere existence of the many anomalies that have been listed in this book is enough to demonstrate that our past is quite obviously not what we have led, been led to believe. This fact alone makes it at once worthy of further investigation by any reasoning individual. 
Well, there's a spot. There's a there's thousands of us now, man. There's thousands of us trying to do this stuff now. You'd be proud, Max. Yeah. It is not my desire that you blindly believe anything that is written in these pages, but you now use your powers of reasoning to investigate this information and decide for yourself where the tr- real truths may lie. The fact also remains that the Bible code is a reality. It is there. I personally believe that it is imperative that an independent scientific research team be able to investigate the Lisan area of Jordan in an attempt to locate the artifacts mentioned by the Bible code. I wonder whether that's been done. Perhaps Drosnin is confining his searches too much. Many obelisks have been removed from the areas in question. That's what I mean. They moved obelisks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Perhaps all the obelisks now found throughout the world should be examined for clues that may help to reveal the location of the mysterious metal box mentioned in the code. The box that may well contain the lost book of Thoth, for I believe that it may indeed be one and the same. I also feel it may be prudent for someone to design a 3D computer program to track and predict orbital movements for a newly discovered celestial companion in relation to the rest of our solar system, specifically what kind of effect its close passage would have upon the Earth. Unfortunately, the regions of our Earth where the answers may, where the answers to many of these questions may lie, kept in a constant state of strife and political tension. Due to this fact alone, most attempts to uncover the truth in many of these matters have been and still remains extremely difficult. Since 2002, an act of ecological, historical and cultural vandalism has never been before seen or imagined in these areas have been further devastated by the unwarranted and ruthless bombing campaigns that have been recently carried out by the USA's Bush administration. From this point, any future chances for research into some of these areas, which are in fact some of the most important and relevant areas of our planet, have also now been dramatically reduced. The continual use of depleted uranium weapons in the region by the illegal and totally unprovoked invasions of Iraq and Afghanistan has reduced the entire region to a toxic and highly radioactive wasteland. Yeah, we we look there, and they did do that the the uranium weapons, and that's actually how he ends it, man. <laughs> that's how he ends it. Then it's the appendices, and look, I'm going to have a look through those. I reckon we do do these maybe as a as a bonus yeah. later on. I would like to read these. Yeah, we might come back in a in so, a little while. Let's just go down. Let's let's just read out the the titles because you can look these up yourself as well. In the meantime, yeah, well, because these are available for everyone. Yeah, a history and myth. Okay. So history. Yeah, so this is this, this is a little bit look, more max. This is, this is his interpretation. But then we've got uh Enuma Elish, the Babylonian Epic of Creation from the Seven Tablets of Creation. I would like to read these. Yep. Uh I would like to go through those, but yeah, you can pick those up anywhere. Uh, that's me again. Um then we have see this the seven tablets go on yep. for a little bit, don't they? Uh they go on and on and on, don't they, actually? What are we doing here? Where are we up to? 248. Oh, appendix there we three. go. Now appendix three, the mind, the mind calendar. calendar. Which is, see, the mind calendar ends in 2012 at this point. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's a different one again. Um, and then appendix four, the Hopi Blue Star Prophecy. I'd like to read this one too. This would be cool. That's it. Then the sources. Look at that. We are officially done, mate. Officially diddly done, if you can believe that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we got there. We, we didn't promise there. anything, but we got there. <laughs> and that's what I promise you every time. Yeah, we, we, we did. <laughs> well, listen, that, that, thanks for that ending. Um, You're welcome. We did get there, man. I don't know if I've got much. I think we might reflect and... and 
I think it it could possibly be another episode. Maybe, might not be. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know we're much. Going to roll the dice and send it out to the universe. Yeah, and see what it gives back to us, man. But I mean, it's what a journey. Like, I mean, and it wasn't about the destination. It was about that journey. No, you know what man, I mean? That's that was a perfect a great example. Journey. Right. And now, look. Now we have to choose the next book. Uh, we have got the triptych stuff there. Uh, old mate that does the triptych stuff disappeared off the face of the planet literally in the last three years. I don't know where he went. Where are you? I don't know where he went, man. He doesn't answer my emails. Um, but anyway, come on, man. Well, we'll just see, dude. Thank you very much. Uh, that was cool. Always is. You got anything else? Nah, man. Just in this life and the next, we'll always love you. Until next time. Peace out. Cheers, guys. Not the